You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Guys, let's start with the biggest news out of yesterday, the NCAA deciding that uh, players can now get paid for their likeness and the use of their image and all of that. Uh, Mike, I feel like there's so many layers here. There's so much that we could talk about and, and the implications of, of all of this. Uh, what do you think this means for college football and college sports? Uh, right now, it means nothing because they're announcing it, but until they put a plan in place, until they actually figure out how they're going to do this, um, I don't think they really intend on on doing this. I think this is a sort of a PR move or a delay tactic by the NCAA to sort of hold off any potential lawsuits or legislation. Um, you know, it, it appears they're still going to fight the California legislation. So, you know, I think in the end, you'll see modified rules where players, you know, like a few years ago, the stipend was supposed to be the end of the world. Um, back in the day, players weren't allowed to work. Uh, and then they were allowed to work. That was supposed to be the end of the world. I think you'll see players get paid, but it's not going to be like these million dollar endorsements that everybody thinks. Yeah, I'm a little suspicious of it, too, in the sense that it came along so quickly and without any pushback from the NCAA as this kind of picked up steam. And so, the you know, the I was reading Twitter all day yesterday about this, and now it's, oh, if this guy wants to give somebody $100,000 and another school wants to give him $200,000, slow down. These boosters love their programs, but they're also not going to start ponying up millions of dollars for every player out there. And so um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what kind of guidelines they can put on it. Um this, this sounds more like this is headed to court before it's headed to any player's pockets over the next at least months, if not years. Yeah, I mean, the, the NCAA is not going to follow what California wants, which is unrestricted. They're going to try to restrict this as much as possible. And, you know, it's funny. I was watching TV and I saw Mitt Romney commenting on it. Oh, and, Mitt. Yeah, good old Mitt. And every time I see Mitt, I think of the, the Howard Stern impersonator who does Mitt. <laughs> right, yes, that's a good it one. Sounds just like him. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. How much it sounds like yeah. him. But Mitt came on and said, oh, it's a good thing, blah, blah, blah. I think this is a step in the right direction. But, you know, we can't have two guys on a team making millions of dollars and other guys not making anything. And I'm thinking Why? to myself, like, well, that's life. I mean, there are people at Verizon <laughs> – that are making millions of dollars. I work for Verizon and I make less than that. So does right. everybody have to make a million dollars? It's not of equal. Of course not. It's, it's the value of your likeness and image. So if someone determines that value to be zero, then you get zero. Yeah, but if you can it, convince someone to give you a million dollars, then you get a million dollars. Yeah, but but don't you think there's potential for there to be some team division there with like you know offensive oh, linemen, yeah. offensive linemen? Who's this I'm, talking? Steve Perry. I heard Steve a dog. Perry. Is that what you're talking about? Someone's my dog in the background. My dog is pissed off. But no, you're right. I'm there. sorry. There's potential for what? Well, well, right. You know, like you have offensive linemen that aren't making anything, but the court star quarterback is making a bunch of money. The offensive linemen are going to be like, why should I block for this? dude right you know he's making a ton of money i know you well it's and i also want to bring up you i think you guys have been on opposite sides of it right gordon you you're kind of for paying the players and mike you're not i yeah. i'm really really not I, and i was wondering what you guys think about what it means for smaller programs could it be the end of smaller programs and and if so do, do maybe we don't care you know non-power five schools is that going to hurt them yeah i mean the whole thing is going to be a slippery slope of uh you know, remember when they said about the stipends, they were going to have to cut sports and stuff like that. You know, it's the same thing. These universities and, and the NCAA are going to, they're going to play poor and they're going to say, oh my God, if you want to do this, and you know, we're not going to be able to, uh, you know, compensate everybody on the football team. And, you know, it's going to lead to division in the locker room and yada, yada, yada. And what do you do if someone gets injured? You know, like uh, Nick Boza and sits out the rest of the season or wants to sit out a bowl game, you know, and, and where are we headed? Are we headed towards, um, 
you know, NASCAR looking college football players who are going to have like, you know, Edith Joe's on their uniforms. I mean, just the whole thing is bad. And that's why I'm against it. You know, listen, everybody <laughs> says, well, you know, players should get paid and everybody else is making millions of dollars. And I, I get that. That's, that's part of it. But to me, and I know this does not sit well with the younger generation. To me, this is what you sign up for when you play college football. That's it. You don't okay. get paid, you get a scholarship. Okay, so everyone is so concerned about this and, and all of the ramifications, but no one is concerned that coordinators who used to make $150,000, $200,000 are now making over a million. Coaches who used to make a million are now making $10 million. Mm-hmm. Buyouts are $50 million. I don't want to hear universities cry about not having money. We all know that they have money. Millions upon millions upon millions of dollars coming in. This isn't going to change any of that. The university is not going to have to pay a dime to anybody. This is if Joe Smith, an Auburn donor, wants to give Bo Nix $250,000 to play at Auburn, then he should. Then he will get that money. Now... If Alabama donor wants to give Bo Nix $300,000 to play at Alabama, then it's up to Bo Nix. It is his value, the value of him getting money from whoever, whether it's a car dealership, whether it's a restaurant chain, whoever it is. Does that, is that going to change the difference of when Louisiana Monroe comes to play Auburn and, and Auburn having all of these players? No. The good players go to those schools anyway, but now they're going to be able to make money off of it. The reason reason coaches don't want this is because just like in the NFL and in the NBA, the players are the more important people, not the coaches. In college sports, they love to be in charge. They love to be complete egomaniacs about everything that goes on, and that would stop, and that would help the game, not hurt it. Well, then you're going to open the door to lawsuits. Uh, a player is going to sue his coach because he's not getting enough playing time, which, which but hurts that his endorsement hap- that, ability. That doesn't happen in the pros. None of that happens. because they're all paid in the, under negotiated contracts. They're not well, the, but by the if team. If they have, but if they have value. Okay. Joey now, Gatewood people on the, is transferring. He could just sue Gus Malzahn and, the, and, and for Auburn for, for hurting his likeness. For hurting his ability to market himself because he and didn't he would play. Ne- and he would ne- and he would never Doesn't win. Doesn't matter. But, hey, clogged hey, down with where, lawsuits everywhere. Here's here's where this helped Joey Gatewood. Joey Gatewood is never going to play at Auburn because that's Bo Nix's job. It's not going to change over the next two years. But Joey Gatewood to go to Auburn could have a hundred thousand dollars in his bank account right now, and if when he transfers, Oklahoma or Washington State or Michigan or whoever. Can a donor could give him another hundred thousand dollars to come to that school? Now, why is that a bad thing? Because it's going to ruin paid. college football. The purity in, of in college what way? football. In How what are, way? These kids aren't the going to. You think they're going to purity? You think some of these kids aren't going to let this money go to their heads? Well, do do nineteen year old NBA players let it go to their heads? Do sixteen year old? Yeah, but they're making millions actors? and millions of dollars, and they're under contract, and they're professionals. These amateurs are going to look at a hundred thousand dollars as life changing money, and I don't need anybody, and I'm going to be defiant and screw you and do this, that, the other. Yes, it's going to hurt them. Think- it's going to poison them. But they think about all that stuff right now. Look at the transfer portal and how many kids are in the transfer portal. They don't have any money. I know, and that's the way it should be. <laughs> we just, just disagree on this. You just want an NCAA football game back because you're a dork. Well, well, that is definitely one thing that I do want back. <laughs> so you can do like a dynasty and recruit kids in your spare time. So you can I can recruit kids and pay them. Yeah, you and... can recover. You can cover recruiting. You can write about <laughs> recruiting, and then you can play recruiting, and and just ruin your entire life. I'm telling you. I think the, the larger the thing about college athletics is the amateurism of it all. And it's what keeps it refreshing. It's what keeps everybody sort of on an even playing ground, even though we all know that some schools can get kids in that others can't, blah, blah, blah. Some schools obviously cheat a little bit more than others in recruiting. But now you're just talking about bidding wars. And it's, but let me ask you, you this, know, Mike, and in all seriousness, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Paterno lived in a tiny little ranch house right next to campus. 
And that's where he lived for his entire career. Bo Schembechler, the same kind of situation. They were making it when they were for for ninety percent of the time that they were coaches. They were making, you know, not pedestrian money, but not insane money. We're now in a situation where Nick Saban is making such insane money. He's got or Jimbo Fisher or all these guys. They have lake houses. They have helicopters flying them to high school football games. They could easily afford private planes, multiple houses. And what are you talking about amateurism? That that world is gone. And the only people who are getting screwed over by this are the players. I mean, the people who are making the popcorn and the hot dogs at the stadium are making more money than the players are making. Now, how is that right? So if we want to have a larger conversation about paying, if you want contracts, I'm perfectly fine with that. Who pays them? If you, the school? No. So they could they booster. could have a contract with anybody. So Jimmy's hot dogs is gonna. Well, I don't think kids. Jimmy hot dogs is gonna put it up, but I think whoever can put it up, who's paying these buyouts? The schools, the school would if if, if Texas A and M fires Jimbo Fisher, they're gonna give him fifty million dollars. Who's paying that? Now, why can't that be player contracts? I don't know, man. I just I just think you're gonna take college football and ruin it. Then the next thing it'll be high school football and paying those kids and. On and on it goes. It's just never going to stop. But but I don't know why paying them ruins it. I don't get that. It's like, I don't get to, that. Oh, my God. The money is going to poison everything. It's going to absolutely but poison the, everything. But is the money poisoning the coaching profession? Or is it enriching it? Is it making it better? No, the money is poisoning the coaching profession, too, because guys leave every year. You know, from, from assistant coaching jobs to coordinator jobs or from, you know, the, the college football to the NFL. That's just the way it is. But those are at least adults that can handle it. You know, you give an 18-year-old kid who's had nothing his entire life $100,000, you go see what he does. Just go. Okay, well, you, you give an NBA player who's 19 years old who had nothing his entire life $40 million, and look at what he does. He tries to get better because he wants more money. Well, he's got an agent. So you want these kids to have agents? Sure. Oh. Why not? Why? I, I don't understand why not, though. I think – I think. I think they're going to need some representation, right? So talking about like the EA Sports game, who decides how mu- what is fair to pay these players for their likeness? And do some players get to opt out and not be in the game? Or do some players get to be in it and they get paid, what, a, right. a, a couple hundred dollars? So then are these players going to need to unionize? And I mean, it just sounds very... I'm not saying I'm that's, totally against it, but but it just sounds very, very messy. Yeah, and there's, there's, okay, so, there's going to be no NCAA football game. How are they going to make money? They're going to have to pay everybody. Right. And they're not going to make money. Before they were able to make money using likenesses and without having to pay for it. Now you got to pay, you know, uh, to a, you know, uh, how much more than Joe Burrow and how much more than you know uh, Justin Fields and on and on. Crazy. Yeah, that that would all have to be figured out, just like it's figured out in professional sports. And it. So you want to start writing about uh, high school kids? And I, I got a I had a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar offer. The other day, I think it would sound very wild wings uh, (laughs) as long as I go to Alabama. I think it would sound very strange for a few years and then we would just adopt it as normal. I don't want change. I hate change. I I think that's what the problem is here. Change sucks. Stupid. I, yeah, I, I, and I don't think that we would be dealing in those kind of terms. I think we would be talking about some, a few thousand dollars for certain kids to go to certain schools. No. I think you talk, I think you'd be starting to talk about big money. I really do. And then you've got the endorsement deals, you know. So Ch- let's say Chase Young at Ohio State is he restricted from cutting a deal with Under Armour because his team's a yes. Nike school? Yes, yeah, because there's a can, Nike contract yeah, in but place. Why can Steph Curry wear Under Armour shoes but wear Nike apparel in the NBA? Okay, well then, fine. Well, then Chase then, Young. All bets are off. Okay, so let me you, ask you this. It's going to screw up everything. No, no. What it's going to do is make make it way more equitable for everybody. It's not going to be this good sense. for anybody. It's going to be great for everybody oh, except for coaches. And I don't really care about if coaches not have a good time or not. It's not going to be good for everybody. You're not thinking this through. It's, no, I, no, I'm thinking it through because... The Ohio State makes tons of money from Nike for wearing all those that apparel. 
and uh, Ryan Day makes tons of money from endorsement deals. But Chase Young, who will be a number one pick just because he's a player and just given this term of amateur, which really means nothing other than I can't pay you so I don't have to pay taxes, uh, is given absolutely nothing for it. And and this is going to be so complicated that no one can figure it out, even though there's a pro system that does it perfectly fine. First of all, he's given a, he's given a scholarship. Okay, he's given a scholarship on the basis that he gets a certain grade point average and shows up to class. And so the, it's not just that he's given this well, scholarship. Well, that's how everybody is. If they give you a math scholarship, you can't go out there and get a 0.2. Lose your scholarship. No, but no, but you can go out there and work at 7-Eleven and make part-time so money. Look at these guys. These some... guys can work. <laughs> they get a stipend. They get money. They, they don't yeah, get a Yeah, they ton. get a stipend. We're to, what we're talking about here are people who are just complaining that the players aren't making millions of dollars and everybody else is. But if you let the players make millions of dollars at the college level, it's going to ruin the entire game, and and I hope you're happy when it does. I'll be no, dead. What I'm complaining. I'll be dead. This compl- ain't happening for <laughs> no for and a this long is, time. The this NCAA is, is going to fight this time, so hard. They are going to. Yes. They're going to. They publicly came out with a big smile on their face yesterday and said, "Oh, look, yeah, we're we're down, man. We 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 as a committee agree these players should get paid." Behind the scenes, the oh, conversations God. are okay. How many lawyers how do, we, do we have? How yeah. how much are we going to sue California? Do we have to sue Florida? How can we delay this and get this in uh, you know litigation and until I don't know 2040? Let's right. slow this down as much as humanly possible. And yeah, if and you're a high school it, senior and you think next year you're going to get paid to go to college and play football, you're not. Well, what will yeah. happen, too, is, uh, yeah, and I see some kids tweeting, I can't believe in two years I'm going to be in a video game and all that stuff. No, maybe no. five years, you'll be in Madden, Yeah, you know, yeah. but if you make the pros, but it's, it's just not going to happen that way. So I think it's a big announcement about nothing. Um, right. The NCAA is just posturing. And eventually it's going to happen, but it's going to take a really long time to do so. But, you know, listen, everybody thinks, oh, you're against these kids making money, blah, blah, blah. Make your money. Make your money. If you want to leave, go play in the XFL for three years. Go to the CFL for three years. You know, I don't know. Basketball players skip college to go play in Europe uh, for a year. That's happened. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sit out for three years and, and, and go work as many jobs as you want and, and see if you're drafted. I mean, you got to earn your right. And, and somewhere along the line, just like you and I, when we started working in that business, we started for free and it wasn't fair. People were making yes, but money we're not off talented. of us. <laughs> well, we, we, it's true. But people were making money off of us. And, you know, that's the problem, too. You, you try to. You try to bring somebody into this industry or somebody wants to learn the recruiting industry and you're like, okay, here's what you got to do. You got to do an internship. Um, and then you put them through it and two months later they quit. And then they sue you. Not me personally, but it's, it's happened um, where, you know, oh, you're, you're violating my ability to make a living and all this other stuff. I'm like, what? It's just so <laughs> funny that... You know, everybody's up in arms about this stuff. And the people who are, they really don't have... I mean, honestly, what Dave said, they're going to have to unionize. That's it. Get 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 out of the NCAA, unionize, and that's the only way you're going to make money. But no one's going to do that because you're not going to give up your opportunity to play NFL football down the line by sitting out and picketing at your school. And where the schools and the coaches uh, win this battle is there's a constant recirculation of players. And so, you know, they unionize in the auto industry and teachers because they're in that job for 30 years. If Trevor Lawrence had to do this for 30 years, he would want to unionize. But now he's just like, all right, I'll deal with the BS and everyone knows what it is. It's complete BS. And then I'll get out of this and I'll get paid my millions of dollars because at 22 years old, I could become a multimillionaire and be responsible. But at 21 years old, I can't do that. And it's impossible to figure out. Mm-hmm. So um, the the coaches win here because they stay at Clemson and Alabama and Georgia, and they make their millions of dollars where every new every year is a new crop of kids that 
are so naive to this situation by year three when they know they're being so taken advantage of, they're off to the NFL and they're well, done caring they about that. Well, you seem to blame the coaches. No, I don't. I, I, well, I blame everybody in the situation. I blame someone like Dabo Swinney who okay. goes, I would quit rather than have players be paid. Right. That's just, but I want a forty million dollar buyout, and I want ten million dollars a year, and I want the best players in the country to come here. Yeah, that's well, posturing first of all is what a lot of people do. Uh, right. Negotiating your contract is a part of life. If they're going to offer Davos winning seven, eight million dollars a year to coach, what's he going to do and say? Well, you know, Trevor's not making. Well, what if someone's offering Trevor Lawrence a million dollars to play? What's he going to do? Turn it down? Yeah. <laughs> See. No, he can go off to that I, league. Whatever league wants to pay him a million dollars right now to play, and he can play there instead of Clemson. But guess what? That league doesn't exist. No, right, exactly. So let it exist at Clemson. It's not going to. It will eventually, no, but not, not. not anytime soon. I'm telling you, you just, you're just talking about the end of the world. That's it. I think, I, I think that the changes that we would see would be so minuscule that we oh would be shocked. Minuscule. <laughs> I've seen changes in kids when it comes to attitude, toughness, ability to handle criticism over the last 10 years that are seismic. Yes, but don't and you think nothing's Mike, that changed if... as far as them getting paid? Nothing. No, but don't you but don't you think if they were getting paid and they could get more money somewhere else that their attitudes would turn more positive, not more <laughs> negative? No. Because they could get more money. No, money corrupts. Uh, I like okay. I like my analysts to make nothing. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? To work eighty hours a week and be constantly <laughs> hungry. Because if I do you know, they do make too much money, then they're just gonna sit around and do nothing. Here, let's use this as an example. This is a perfect example. Let's say Rivals over the next 10 years grows by leaps and bounds, which I fully expected leaps to. Leaps and bounds. Okay. And more money is pouring into the coffers of Rivals and Verizon. And my bosses go from making whatever money, I don't even know, $500,000 to $5 million, and I don't get a raise. Mm -hmm. Would that make me hungrier to make them more money or less hungry to work because I'm getting screwed over and I know it. It'd make you less hungry, but what are your other options? My other options aren't anything other than to argue that I should get paid. Right. And if and if someone wants to pay me, if McDonald's wants to pay me a million dollars to write stories for rivals, then I should be able to take that money. You're under contract. If I, you can't do that. If I'm, an, if I'm an engineering student on scholarship at Penn State, and my rich neighbor wants to give me $5 million to try to develop something in the engineering field. Penn State now has the right to say, I can't take that money? Now, we own your likeness at, at, at Rival. <laughs> you can't take any money from McDonald's. Sorry. And my image is worth nothing, so I might as well just move on. Still, Let's talk Chase Young. I, I, you know, we're never going to agree on this. I'm the old you know, cranky, get-off-my-grass guy, but I just don't want to see one of the few things that's left in this world that has some semblance of, I don't know, innocence and purity. Oh, my God. <laughs> Being ruined. <laughs> Are you serious? Compared to the NFL, I mean, come on. College football is still college football. You hear about, you know, great stories kids overcome you would you would still hear all that stuff no you wouldn't how are you going to overcome poverty if you're rich you're not going to be rich you're going to have a few dollars to be able to send your parents so they don't have to take a greyhound bus overnight to your game they could fly to your game now they, they have that they're getting money yeah they're yeah they're they're loaded i'm sure i think i really do think at the beginning of this conversation we started talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars and now you're down to like now they just want to get a bus for the family to get well, to the here, game. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. What is the value of Trevor Lawrence right now? Is it $50,000 or is it $5 million? That's dependent on who's willing to pay him that amount of money. Not, not me, not you, not anybody. It's who's willing to pay him the most amount of money. That's his value. 
You know we're going to have to start paying kids to be on the website then. No, we won't because that's our choice to put them on the website. We're not paying them anything. No, I know. Ever. But then they're, they're going to <laughs> insist on being paid to be on the website. Well, let them insist. Trevor Lawrence can insist on being paid, but if someone's not willing to pay him money, then he gets no money. Jordan, I think I, I feel strongly about this. No, I really do think that you and some others who are younger than I am really see this as an injustice that needs to be fixed. Yes. And and I I do not. I don't see it as such. Well, you you live on you live on high on the hog, unlike us plebes that live low. True. And I am. We gotta be out of here by two thirty because that's my uh, pedicure and nap. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to argue this anymore. Chase Young. Me neither. Well, Feinbaum says Chase Young. There's a really good chance of winning the Heisman. He's full of garbage. Yes. Full of it. Uh, Charles yes. Woodson won it. And the only reason Charles Woodson won it is because he was technically partly an offensive player with the way he impacted the return game. Right. Had he not returned punts and kickoffs, and I know it was a billion years ago, so I don't know his numbers or his stats, but had he just been a defensive back, he would have never won it. Not in a million years. And the fact that he did win it was actually shocking, because wasn't that Manning's year? I think it was. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you remember that. I think it was. But I'm looking at Charles Woodson's stats, and I, and I think these are correct. The year he won it was 97, right? Seven, seven interceptions. Right. That's good. Two, two, two receiving touchdowns. Okay. There's your part of your offense. Uh, uh, one, one kick return for a touchdown. That's it? That's it. That's his entire offensive output was three touchdowns? So I looked up Jadavian Clowney, who finished, widely regarded as... And Dadakam Sue finished also in the top five. Clowney, his sophomore year, had 13 sacks in 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 his thing. Uh, Chase Young already has 13 and a half. Yes. Yeah, Chase Young already has more sacks in his college career than Jadavian Clowney had. He'll be there. Yes, he he'll did. be in New York. He's not going to win it. You think he'll even be there? Yeah, I think he'll get in New York. I think with yeah. all the attention that's being paid to him. The problem is if he has one game with no sacks, which is coming up because he can't get two sacks in every game, right. then he's just going to disappear. You know, but they'll right. he'll keep yeah. him in there because he's such a big name and everybody's saying he's the best. Um, you know, in, in college football, yada yada. But um, I, I, you know, just the Honey Badger was a finalist. He went to New York, I believe. I'm pretty sure he did. He had 76 tackles. One and a half sacks, two interceptions, nine pass defenses, five fumble recoveries, four six fumbles, two touchdowns returning, uh, and he didn't win it. And that's those are just incredible stats. It's just never going to happen for a defensive player. That's why there should be a offensive Heisman and a defensive Heisman. And everybody says there already is. I, I no. Nine out of ten college football fans could not name. The defensive player of the year award, couldn't name it. Right, or or three of the last five winners of it. Correct, but if you call it the right. defensive Heisman, then you're going to right. It. There's no doubt about right. it. Right. So that's what they should do. Let's stop this pretending that everybody's equal and everybody has a chance and all that good stuff. And yeah, I get it. Wide receivers don't have a prayer. Offensive linemen don't have a prayer of getting it. Running backs rarely have a chance to get it. Yada yada yada. Um, but they've got you know. People have heard of the Bolitnikoff Award and the Dope Walker Award and all that stuff, but the defensive side of the ball just gets absolutely screwed. So, you know, I think it'd be great if we had a top five right now of defensive Heisman candidates, which I put out yesterday, and the top five of offensive candidates because Chase Young, right now, he's the talk in October. But trust me, he has a couple games with no sacks, and it's going to happen because they're going to triple team him because he's ridiculous. Then right. everybody's going to stop talking about him, and then they'll be back on Tua and Joe Burrow with the big numbers, and the quarterback will win it again, and the Heisman's just a big joke. So I say we uh, don't pay players, but give them a defensive Heisman. That should offset. 
now let me ask you this. Chase Young or Clowney, who's been more dominant in college? I'm going to say Chase Young simply because Clowney took his junior year off. Yeah. And, you know, but, but, but Clowney was more impactful as a freshman, had a better sophomore year, I think, because, but Chase Young had a couple ankle injuries last year. But I'm going to say Chase Young. Uh, simply because he's getting better and Clowney really regressed his junior year, but nope. still ended up as the number one pick overall. That's what I in the second question. If you're the Miami Dolphins, can you turn down Chase no. Young? No, they're going to take a quarterback. Yeah. They don't believe in Rosen. Rosen's career is over, unfortunately. As, as fast as it, it started, it's over. I wouldn't say that, Ron's but over. it's certainly not the future in Miami. You can't go to three teams in three years and be successful. It just doesn't work that way. You'll be run out of the league very quickly. And you know, I am worried about that. He's, but... he's not going to be with the Dolphins because the Dolphins are going to take a quarterback, whether it's Burrow or Tua or whoever. Or they're going to take a quarterback if they're number one, and it certainly looks like they're going to be the number one pick because they are just so freaking horrible. Um, yeah, you know, but I, I think he's definitely a top three. You know, Nick Boza went what third? Uh, I believe or second, se- second, second. I think second. And he's yeah. had such an amazing impact. Obviously, you know, his his rookie year. I think Chase Young has second that type of impact. So it's going to be whatever team is at the top that doesn't need a quarterback. Whichever team sucks so bad. That they're the picking. Bengals, right? Well, the, the Giants are pretty bad. The Bengals need they're a quarterback. The Bengals need a quarterback. The Jets are pretty bad, yeah. too. But the Jets have Darnold. The Giants have Daniel yeah. Jones. The Bengals would take a quarterback. I mean, they, you know, Finley's mm-hmm. going to start now, but they need a they need a quarterback uh, if they're picking that high. Now let me ask you this, Mike. If you're the Miami Dolphins at number one, is Tua definitely your guy? No. Okay. I'm not a big Tua guy. Yeah. I'd take Joe Burrow right now. And again, I know guys that have one amazing year of success usually don't pan out well in the NFL. They're usually drafted very high, and they usually flame out. But the way this kid is playing, the confidence he's playing with, uh, the way he sees the field, makes all the right decisions – I've just never seen a transformation like it before. So I think if he was a big-name guy, you know, and had had a really good year last year and it's it's just getting better this year, I think you'd be talking about him number one, no doubt about it. Tua, first of all, he's a lefty. I don't like that. I don't think he's very durable. I think he's going to get hurt. Um, His arm strength's okay. It's not great. It's not elite. Um, Good touch. But I think he's also really benefiting from his wide receivers. So if Joe Burrow is the number one pick, that would be three years in a row, right? That the number one pick was a transfer quarterback. Yeah, and that'll continue probably. Well, no, Trevor Lawrence will be number one. Although Fields could be number one. You just don't know. I mean, that 2022 draft. Is going to be awesome. It's actually, 2020, 2021 draft is going to be awesome. So let me ask you one more question, Mike, and I think this is a good discussion. This is going to be Ask Farrell for oh, Friday, just so everyone knows so to, to prepare. So Knowing what you know now and seeing how they're playing, would Justin Fields have been number one in 2017? With this, with knowing this, Trevor Lawrence has 17 touchdowns this year and eight interceptions. No, he would not have been. We saw them both. We saw them both at every level. We compared them for two pretty, two pretty much two solid years. We saw them go down to the wire at the five-star challenge. We saw them both at all-star games. Even when Trevor Lawrence was throwing, what did he throw, two picks in the Army Bowl? Yes. He looked amazing. Just the ball comes out of his hand perfectly. Uh He's, he's more mobile than people think. He's got tremendous field vision. The, the problem he's having this year is, A, the offensive line has been horrible, which is weird because it's mm-hmm. a senior-laden offensive line. And I think he's right. trying to do too much. I think he's pressing. Right. Now, Justin Fields right. could very well be the number two pick or the number one pick in the draft in 2021, which would be the first time that our one and two players overall go one and two 
in the draft, but I would still say say Trevor Lawrence. And you know, I have this argument, an ongoing argument with Ryan Clark from ESPN. Hmm. He's a big Justin Fields guy, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. he likes to drop in the DMs every once in a while. And every time, you know, Trevor Lawrence throws a pick or whatever. Uh, Fields still that that must be nice. <laughs> Fields still hasn't played anybody, and I know Trevor Lawrence hasn't this year, but Trevor Lawrence kind of played some people last year, and yeah. it was pretty good. So I, I'm not really saying that Fields should be number one. I think they're both very talented quarterbacks, and I'm glad Fields found a home um, where he can show his ability. Yeah, it's an interesting argument. It's an interesting argument that, like, there's really no wrong answer. And part of me is like, people have figured out Trevor Lawrence. They've baited him into bad throws. They've they've almost let him think that, you know, he can make that throw when he can't. And that has, you know, he's been figured out. Like many quarterbacks have been figured out. Kaepernick got figured out, and you know, Mahomes might get figured out, and Goff maybe to a point has been figured out, and so. Maybe that's happening with Trevor Lawrence, or maybe it's not. Maybe you're just right. Maybe he's just trying to do too much. He's pressing. He thinks well, he's, he can he's an throw actor in there too. I mean, he's overthrowing guys, which isn't really yeah. his thing. I think right. he's a little bit jittery in the pocket because the offensive line isn't giving him the time he had last year, and I think it's something he has to adjust to. Now, if you watch the game against Boston College, you know he looked perfect. Um, right, and he can still make these throws against his body down the field, and you know everybody said, well, I forget who it was against, but <clears throat> the touchdown he threw in the back of the end zone across his body, you know, was a horrible throw. Should have never happened. Should have been intercepted. That's what he does. He can do that. Yeah, you know, Mahomes does it, and he's the greatest player on earth. Trevor Lawrence does it, and all of a sudden he's, you know, he's an idiot trying, trying to yeah. use his arm too much and do too much and blah blah blah. I. I I think he's going to be fine. I think Clemson's going to be in the national championship game against Alabama. That's my pick. It was my pick at the beginning of the season. Justin Fields is great, too. Um, you know, I think the NFL is going to get two tremendous quarterbacks. So <clears throat> here's an interesting one for you. This is how quickly things change. Patrick Mahomes yeah. is great, right? Automatic Hall right. of Famer after his rookie year. Doesn't even need to play anymore. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Gets hurt. Now Deshaun Watson is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. And the reason I tweeted my infamous tweet that the Chiefs made a mistake in in drafting Mahomes was my anger at the fact that Deshaun Watson was sliding so much because I clearly had him as the number one guy. And I forget where he went. Uh, I know he went to the Texas, but I forget what number he went. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. But I was getting pissed. Because A, Trubisky had no business being number two. There's a guy no. that had... 12. Yeah, so he was two picks behind Mahomes. So so here's the way the draft is going, right? Trubisky goes number two. And I'm like, oh my God. One-year wonder guy. They traded up for him, too. You know, then you get Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis, Jamal Adams. Look at that, though. John Ross, ninth, just because he ran fast. Mike, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, and Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, good good players. John Ross hasn't panned out. <clears throat> then they trade up, right? Yeah. yeah Kansas City Buffalo, trades yeah. up to 10. And I'm like, okay, it's got to be Deshaun Watson. He's getting so disrespected. <laughs> and they take Mahomes. So then I go to Twitter like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I have since deleted the tweet because I just don't want to tweet it anymore. And I say they just made the biggest mistake of the draft because he freelances too much. But it was really meant to say they should have taken Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, the Chiefs did a great job. They should have taken Patrick Mahomes. The Texans got lucky that Deshaun Watson fell to them, and they were they did a great job uh, trading up to get him at number 12. But I still think long-term career, Deshaun Watson is going to be better than Patrick Mahomes. But I'm not tweeting that. Well, put your money where your I mouth is. I shouldn't tweet anything. Tweet it. You, no, you don't I, tweet I, I, any I, opinions. Um, All you do I is tweet it in a. You retweet offers. You tweet. You don't retweet any opinions. It's horrible. I'm I'm workman like. I'm workman like. Awful. Yeah, I know, but still, get a personality. I tweet. 
I tweeted, Jeremy Pruitt shouldn't grab his players by the face mask, and I was called vile, oh my vulgar God, names. That was a four-page thread of just viciousness. Hatred. That was hate. That was pure hate. Well, I thought I said uh, Texas A&M had a logjam of quarterbacks a few years ago. Yeah. And I got like six pages of hate on the A&M board, and it turns out they did have a logjam. They just kind of got rid of the guys that... Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray that were, yeah, Kyler Murray. They, they were good. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept the crappy ones. Um, oh, let me retweet your Noah Sewell tweet. Um, yeah, Noah Sewell. Adam Gordy. Like so here's Adam, Adam Gordy. I'm waiting. For, I'm looking for an Adam Gordy opinion. No. I don't give opinions. Right, I'm not fine. an opinion man. I keep them to myself. Come on, give opinions. This is Let's talk 90 Day Fiance. Your Twitter feed sucks. Why does anybody follow you? This is awful. Because they like to know the, the you know the news. Golfers have 1,700 pounds of beer on the offensive line. Don't embarrass Beef, not beer. You, you typed beer, dude. <laughs> no, I did but not. Look at the tweet. It says beer. Does it really? Yeah, you can't even tweet right. I can't. Gosh. I'm too busy. I get it. 90 Day Fiance. Well, no, let's let's brag on some teams first. Miami, all Florida right, State. Right. Who do you have in, in the in the in the inept bowl? So now Jaron Williams is going to be the starter. Yeah, right. So it's flip flopping back. Tate Martell is obviously too busy Instagramming to be a quarterback candidate. Family medical medical absence. That's that's a curious one. I gotta think Florida State wins that game, but I, I'm I'm thinking like a ten seven. I don't think it's gonna be very high scoring. Do you? I don't think so either. I think it's gonna be ugly. Although neither of the defenses impress me that much. I mean Miami's defense is better, but I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, Florida State's <clears throat> defense is not very good. No, I don't know. You know, I think it's going to be riddled with turnovers and horrible quarterback play, <clears throat> right. which could lead to a high-scoring game, believe it or not, because yeah. you could have some offensive yeah. touchdowns or some field position issues there. But, no, I'm going with Florida State in that one as well. Um, but, you know, honestly, the way they're playing, they, neither of them, I think, are impressive at all. Georgia, Florida? I think Georgia wins that game. Me too. And, and here's why. Uh, they need it more. It keeps them in the national championship conversation, although it keeps a Florida win does as well. But I just think Georgia is a very good football team who stumbled once, played a game in a downpour against Kentucky, didn't look good, and is looking to come out and really bust some heads. Oregon, USC. Okay, so this is an interesting one because I watched the Oregon Washington State game because I was at a I was on a dinner cruise Saturday night, Mike. It was what a nice, so what a nice see. evening. Wait, you were at a Halloween thing in San Diego the other day. So, Sunday, so Saturday night, I was celebrating my sister in law's tenth wedding anniversary Freaking on a dinner, dinner cruise. cruise. What type of life do you live? <laughs> so I, I and I I have to say Oregon was not all that impressive in that game, and so. The betting public, the public is on Oregon in that game, but the line keeps dropping. So I think it's going to be high scoring. <laughs> Oregon wins, but like 41 38. I think Oregon's going to croak him. Really? Yep, that's my feeling. Yep. I know USC's coming off a victory and, you know, some of their. Yeah, but that was like a, a victory in quotation marks. I mean, Colorado handed them that know, game and, and USC and wouldn't take not it. Very good. Um, no. You know, but they're starting to show a few signs of life. Yeah. Um, by the way, your boy Brew is going to turn into Miguel Juarez. I mean, what what's going on? He's sick now. They don't know what it, it is. Illness. They 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 have done blood tests. It's nothing serious. Have why like a, why rush him back? We're gonna have a top ten of like just California massive busts. They just haven't done anything. Let's not call Brew McCoy a massive bust just yet. What's Miguel doing? That's that one was a bust, but for various reasons that playing? we won't get into. I don't know. I mean, every every other day I hear a story that he's on the team, he's lifting weights, he's this, and then then he's not playing, and then he is, and then he isn't. Who knows? Uh, okay. Go through real quick, and then we'll get to ninety okay. day fiance. The the most disappointing team in the ACC is is all about. Okay. Well. It was going to be Virginia Tech, but now they're quietly five and two. 
So the most disappointing team in the ACC, to me, is Miami. Me too. So we agree yes. there. All right. Yes. Look at the Big 12. Most disappointing team in the Big 12. This one's easy, too. Texas. Yes. What, what, Easily. What is going Easily. on? I mean, what is going on? Well, they have a ton of injuries on defense, and so I get that, okay? But... This is Texas. I mean, almost losing, to, pretty much should have been losing to Kansas if not for a friendly clock yeah. and then a, a big field goal to win it. And then, you know, uh, losing to whoever they lost to last week. TCU. I didn't forget. TCU. 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 Yeah, TCU. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, maybe Tom Herman's a little on the overrated train. See, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not ready to go there yet because I really do think he's a great fit. And I think he's a guy that can recruit. But man, these last two games have me worried. And, and they definitely have uh, the fans worried. The fans are oh, yeah. starting to turn on Tom Herman pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, so yes. if they don't turn it around, they start winning. I mean, they got Kansas State, which always. <laughs> Gives Tough. them trouble. They got a bye week. Tough. But then they got Kansas State. Uh, then at Iowa State, which is no picnic. Then nope. at Baylor. I mean, if they, if they lose tough. one of those three games, you're going to be talking about a four-loss team. Oof, it's going to get ugly. So, yep. all right. Biggest disappointment in the Big Ten. Let me see if this one's easy. So, I think there are... I think there are you can't have I two. Think there are, you can mention two, but you got to pick two. one. I'm going to pick Michigan State. But I think Nebraska has been a huge disappointment. And Northwestern at one and six is just kind of a joke. I would, I go, mean, come on. I would go Northwestern because they were in the title game last year. And they literally, they just cannot. I mean, the how vanilla their offense is is amazing how uh, they take no shots they don't do anything they can't move the ball so you know they could lose a game three nothing yeah and and the fact that you know they're zero and five in conference one and six overall you know how hard it is to go one and six yeah i mean they yeah. beat unlv which is a horrible football team but and they had to come back in that game yeah and they'll beat umass so they'll win two games but I don't know if they're going to beat Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, or Illinois. And Hunter Johnson, you know, prayers for his mom, who's, you know, fighting cancer, but he's been, yeah. he's been really bad. Really bad. Yeah, he's been bad. He's Big been bad. Big disappointment. I thought this was going to be a good place for him to go, fit nicely in the offense. He's been really bad. All right. Biggest disappointment in the Pac-12. Pac-12. I'm looking. I'm looking. You know, you know what the biggest disappointment is to me. I got the same team. I think, I think there are two. Well, give me, the, give me your one, and I'll tell you. I Washington agree. State, Washington State, starting four and zero and losing four straight. Oh, okay. And and I think and I think and I think Cal did the same thing, four and zero and went, and now know, four and four. You didn't even mention the team that I have. Who? Washington, five and three. Yeah, that's another. That's another one. Lost that's to another Cal, one. who looks like crap now. Lost to Stanford, who is crap. You and know. and and they have, I mean, Jacob Eason. They have Jacob Eason now. Well, they, so got, they, they should not be losing these games. They're, yeah. they're a fast team, and they've got a lot of yeah. big time recruits on there. Yeah, lost to Cal, scored thirteen at Stanford. They yeah. always have a tough at Stanford, yeah. and that now Utah comes to town, and Utah means business. I mean, Utah's a good team, so this could be five and four team right now. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure they will, and then Utah will go out and lose to UCLA or Arizona because yeah, exactly. Still, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, very disappointing. And then finally, the SEC, the most disappointing team in the SEC <laughs> is... Whew, this is a tough one. Because the expectation at Vandy is minimal. But, I mean, come on. They have Keyshawn Vaughn, Kalijah Lipscomb, and one and Jared Pinkney, one of the best tight ends in the country. And they're 2-5. and five. I mean, come on. You're not saying Vanderbilt's I... the biggest disappointment, please. No, 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 no. I think Texas A&M at five and three is the biggest disappointment, but their losses are to Auburn, Clemson, Alabama. So yeah, and those are three tough teams, but they they just don't seem to be. They, they, it wasn't like last year where they gave Alabama trouble, right? And it wasn't like right, last year where right. they gave Clemson trouble. Clemson trouble, yeah. Those, both those games were pretty much decided throughout. Right. Um, 
Auburn was a was also decided. I mean, Texas A&M scored a late touchdown to sort of pull it within eight. But you know, five star Kellamond, I finally admitted I overrated him. Bad call. Yes. Yes. Uh, I wonder where he's going to be drafted. You think he's like a fourth rounder? I, first of all, I think he's going to come back because I think he has to. And then it'll be real interesting because then he'll be in that you know Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields quarterback group. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be like a fourth tough. or third rounder. Definitely going to get drafted. I don't think. No doubt he's going to get drafted. I think later rounds for him. I just don't. I mean, every time he throws the ball deep, it's overthrown. He throws high. He's late making decisions. I just don't get Kellen Mond. His numbers are, you know, aren't horrible. Yeah, percent, sixteen touchdowns, six interceptions. He doesn't turn the ball over that much. Uh, He can run the ball. I I mean, he's got three hundred fifty-two yards rushing, five touchdowns on the ground. But, but every time you see him in the pocket, it's either going to be a perfect throw or yeah. it's going to just miss by a mile. Mile, yeah, every time. And, and that hasn't changed for years. No, and I, think, I thought years. it would. Yeah. I, believe yeah, it or not, the, I, thought he would, I thought he had a little Deshaun Jackson. I, I mean, not Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, you know, believe it or not. Yeah. Shows you what yeah. I know. And everybody yeah. told me that, that he didn't because his accuracy stumped. Even the guys at IMG that I know said, no way. His accuracy, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't issue. listen. So is Arkansas the only team in the Power Five other than Northwestern that hasn't... Oh, no, Rutgers. Arkansas, and Syracuse has been a disappointment. Yeah, but I think they were overrated to start with. <laughs> I mean, they were they were top 25, but there's no way they should have been. They should have been, yeah. It, yeah. It's interesting because yeah. they're going to do something, I think, for tomorrow about coaches that were hot and aren't hot now. Yeah, does Dino Babers get a huge job now yeah, with his I mean, team? Yeah, he's not hot at all. And, and what about Matt Campbell? Well, Matt Campbell has a, you know, he's seven and five and three or something. Yeah, but you remember when everybody used to be talking about him as the next guy here, next guy there, every opening? I'll tell you who's hot. Who? P.J. Fleck. How about Dave Clawson? Dave Clawson is hot. I mean, listen, let's let's use a different term. On the upswing. Yeah, because you're sounding a little creepy, honestly. But I mean to, to seriously though, to have Minnesota eight and oh soon to be eight and one when the Nets come it's to town. Amazing. I mean they're, they're pretty much locked up the West. And 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 the way he's recruited there has been so smart. All he's done is got the biggest offensive lineman in the history of the world. He's got five mammoths on that offensive line. 1,700 pounds. I did the calculation. 1,700 pounds. I don't even know. Has Wisconsin ever had an offensive line yeah, that big? I don't think so. Maybe. maybe. Average, a- average is when, 340 when, pounds. When Havenstein was there. But yeah. And the biggest guy is Daniel, that Fa'alele guy. Oh, he's a monster. Who, 6'8", 400 pounds. I love that kid coming on ice. Yeah. He's another ice. They could push anybody around. Nobody liked. So when pushed. you ask... Can they win the Big Ten? I, of course, it's an outside shot. Right. Gonna, but if you could, they're probably going to get croaked by uh, Ohio State or Penn, Penn State. State. But Penn State, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> they, have a, they have a chance. But Ohio State would be good right now. The way I see this playing out is that Penn State beats Minnesota, and then Ohio State runs it up on Penn State. That's how I see it. Well, that could very well be. And and let's not ignore Clawson, whose only loss is a sixty-two to fifty-nine shootout against Louisville. Yeah. But he hasn't really beaten anybody. But it's Wake Forest. I mean, they beat Florida State, they beat Boston College, they beat North Carolina. These are all programs with better facilities. These are all programs yeah. with more tradition and bigger fan bases and all that good stuff. And you know, I think if he even if he goes eight and four, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy that people look at for jobs and it might be a little early but tom allen's doing a good job, doing a good job yeah oh absolutely they're six and two they're going bowling indiana usually doesn't win um you know and they're in that division so they're ahead of you know michigan state which is surprising uh they got the same record as michigan so i mean how about this one mike over under over under 1.5 Matt Rule is the coach at Baylor in one and a half years. You know, he's an interesting guy. I think if a job came over, let's say James Franklin goes to USC and Penn State comes open, 
Yeah, I hope that role's going. Yeah. But, but yeah. other than, I think it's got to be geographical. I mean, he went to Baylor from Temple. Right. It's not that big of an upgrade. To be honest, no, and it and culturally, it's completely different. I mean, obviously, there's no fan base at Temple, and it's in Philly, and it doesn't have you know where do they, they still play where the Eagles play, and nobody shows up. But it's not like he went to this sexy program. He went to a program that was riddled with sexual harassment complaints in Waco, uh, you know, where you just can't recruit against the big boys. Uh, right, and he turned that program around. I just don't know <clears throat> if he's the type of guy that you know would be interested in USC or something like that. You know, he's just a different guy. Um, yeah, but I do think if Penn State opens, that oh, he's gosh, gone. There's no doubt about it. I, I think that would definitely happen, um, or other fits, you know, around the country, like SEC jobs opened up. I think, um, but. I don't know. He's he's a great coach. PJ Flex a great coach. I'm also doing something. I think about <clears throat> the coaches that have done the most with the least this year. Yeah, and definitely yeah. PJ Flex and Matt Rule are going to be on that list. So it's interesting. So I guess we've ragged on enough teams. Um, let's wrap. Let's wrap it up here. Well, let's ninety day. Go. Did you watch the Tello? I watched the. Do you mean the uh... the Tello where they all get together? Oh, yeah, yeah, the reunion, so you, yeah. Yeah, so you saw Jesse came back for no reason? Jesse came back for, I didn't see part two yet, I didn't see part oh, two. Oh, it's three, part two is like two hours. Oh, uh, I, I saw part one right. where they reviewed it and then they, they brought all mm. that. All right, then we can't talk about it because you're missing the good stuff. Yeah, let's talk about it next week, let's wrap this up. you watch Pillow Talk? Oh, it's so hilarious. Really funny, you're missing out. I don't know why. Have you watched Love After Lockup yet? No, I can't find it. I think it's on. Oh, yeah, it's on Wii. You could probably on demand it or whatever. It's getting it's getting good. It's getting better. What season are we on? Oh, well, no, this is like the fourth season, but you could just start with this season. Because I think this yeah. season's really good. Last season was really good too, but this season's really good. So you got to check those out. Um, yeah, you got to do your imitation of uh, somebody on the Ninety Day Fiance, though. I knew you were gonna pick that one. I'll do Michael. You want to have a conversation? No, that's baby, baby, don't screw up. Baby, I love, baby, I love you. Imagine if. Before I go to San Antonio for the Army game, my wife, the last thing she says is, don't screw up. Don't screw it up. Michael, Michael, don't screw it up. You're lying. You're lying, Michael. Were you at a party 10 years ago on this boat where there was once a girl? Yes. (laughs) Baby, I lied to you because I'm afraid you get angry. The best is the guy. Did we talk about the smelly guy last week? Oh, Zied? Yeah. With his broken English? Yeah. This, I love that he took his own fiance's money to buy her yeah, a ring. This makes me angry. And she's hitting him with everything. She's hitting him with everything. Like I had a relationship with a woman. I'm still married. I mean, she's just pummeling this smelly dude over and over again with just like haymaker. In his culture, it's all like the worst things ever. I'm gonna go out with my tattoos. I mean, right. honest to God, the guy's just like a boxer, and it's Mike Tyson who can just take punches, pummeling yeah. him with uppercut after uppercut. And then he's like, baby, you get this contract done. Let's just talk about the divorce. <laughs> he, he needs out of Tunisia, man. I own you now. Yeah, you're, you're, mine, you're mine or something, he said. That's awesome. <laughs> In their leather jacket, their matching leather jacket. What's that movie, Boxing, Elena? You ever see it? No. What? Boxing Elena is where this creepy guy takes this gorgeous woman and he cuts off her arms and legs and he puts her <laughs> in a box and keeps her under his bed. <laughs> oh, literally put boxing. Boxing her, Elena, like... yeah. <laughs> you gotta look it up. It's a classic movie. That's what's gonna happen to her with, with Ziet. I can't believe you never heard of Boxing Elena. <laughs> 
I threaten that all the time. <laughs> I think that's a great place <laughs> I, I, I tell my wife that all the time. Boxing away? <laughs> remember that movie. Alright, we, we can wrap it up with that. Alright, well let me give everybody our Twitter handles before we get out of here. I am at Real Dave Barry. Mike is at Rivals Mike, and Gorney is at Adam Gorney. We will see everybody again next week.